How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with CP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined once again by Ben Gorwitz on today, Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. Ben, what's happening today? <laughs> a little bit of a crazy day over here. Uh, internet was was out for most of my afternoon, so ended up working from a Starbucks. But uh, as soon as I got the text from you... Th- asking if I'm ready to talk some NBA, that the answer is always yes. So I think this is a, you know, I think there's a lot to pack in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, trade deadline, uh, extensions were made. Do we have new favorites or not? So, uh, uh, you know, basketball is your favorite sport. So th- I think this will be a packed show. I think this will be a good one. Oh, yeah, for sure, Ben. Um, Going to be a great episode. Like, you know, I've been, I'm really excited to talk about this stuff, man. But doing a lot of reading, a lot of thinking about the NBA in general. Um, this is how dedicated Ben is to the podcast, guys. He figured out a way to make it happen without Wi-Fi. So you already know we got big stuff coming. We've already set our plan for college, to get college football and stuff ramped up. So y'all be ready for all that stuff, man. Good stuff come. But let's go ahead and start things off. First off, we got to start with our hometown Atlanta Hawks. Making the big signing, obviously, we extended Trey Young five years, $209 million. Um, also, we went out and we re-signed Solomon Hill and Gorgie, we signed Gorgie Jang, both them just a you know, minimum contracts. Then we made the big splash. John Collins is coming back to the Atlanta Hawks, five years, $125 million. Ben, do we like it? Do we hate it? What do you think? Yeah, so for starters, uh, I'll start with Trey Young. So his contract is like 170-something, and then if he makes an all-NBA team or if he becomes the MVP next year, Shouldn't be then it can hard. go up – then it can come up to 207. Um, you know, if not, he'll he'll get another Supermax extension when, when he's up for that. So I'm um, glad Trey is, is ready to lead the city again. Um, I honestly didn't know about the Gorgie Jiang sign. I just found out about it from you. It was that low. I, I just must have missed the update or something. Um, listen, the Hawks need help rebounding. That's something he can do very well. Just get the board and get out of everyone else's way, uh, at least while uh, uh, Okongwu is, is out for the first couple of weeks of the season. Yep. With, with John Collins, you know, I I was fine with bringing John Collins back. I think he's a solid player. He's, he's young. I think he fits uh, the Atlanta Hawks superstar style of play, which is Trey Young. I think he fits Trey Young's style of play very, very well. They mm-hmm. complement each other's game very well. Uh, John Collins is a guy that can pick and roll. He's developed a little bit of a three-point shot that's gotten better each and every season, so he can now add on the pick-and-pop game. Trey Young loves to do a floater, and he can also change a floater into an alley-oop mid-jump. John Collins leaps better than most guys in the league. That means just throw it up, and he'll throw it down. So – I do like that they bring him back. My only thing was, and I was texting you, I told everyone mm-hmm. uh, who, who I was talking about the Hawks with after their season ended, I said, as long as it's not a max contract, I think he's worth it. Because I just don't feel like if you give him a max and that hurts the Hawks giving a max to one of the other guys, that's not what I wanted. I think the Hawks would, in the future, take a step back. With leaving this open – I think mm-hmm. this is a fair deal for Collins. It, listen, it's a lot of money. Like, and I know that there's people get a lot of money uh, in in sports, specifically the NBA nowadays. Uh, you know, the role players, you, you can make a lot of money. Collins is going to be making what is it, twenty five million dollars a year? Yep. I mean, that's that's no slouch in life. So, I think he's he. You know, I think it's a good contract for him. I think he wanted to stay in Atlanta. Clearly, 
Um, I'm glad that, you know, either him and Travis Schlenk had had a, you know, heart to heart sit down and be like, listen, we want you, but we can't give you this much because it hurts the team. And I don't know if that conversation happened, but I think John Collins came to his senses a little bit because I know he wanted a max contract. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's getting just under that. I think this is better for the team's future. And I think it's also very good for John Collins, who is also young enough to get another max contract in his career if he earns that as well. So uh, welcome back, John Collins. Yeah, it feels good, man, to have John Collins back in Atlanta. I'm excited to see what's going to happen this season with him. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think it was the right move by Atlanta. We both said $23 million was about where we drew the line. I mean, I'm okay with going over for 25 Look, the way I look at it is this, Ben. We have a young team. Our team's still far from being complete. Why not keep around all the assets as long as it's for a reasonable price? We didn't have to hit that 27 to $30 million range with John Collins where it just becomes absolutely absurd to pay him that much. I personally don't think he'll be on the roster long term. I mean, I think 25 million, he's still a very tradable contract. You know, you got to think the salary cap's going to keep going up and up every single year. So, I mean, and he's next really year, young. Yeah, exactly. You know, like he could, he could end up being, you know, keep getting better. I mean, he's already shooting over 40% from three, you know, so that's a great sign for a guy who plays the four for your team. I mean, I think it gives us versatility with a lot of rosters. I like the signing personally. You know, I think it's smart to keep him around for that $25 because, you know, he's still always an asset to you. You can always include him in trades and everything by keeping him. You can't let young assets like that walk away. So I feel like it, I feel like both sides won. I mean, 25 isn't, I mean, let's put it this way. I wouldn't say it's a, for the money, like the money part of it. It's not like a home run for us, it's a home run for him. You know, it's just like decent for us. But, I think it's a good move because I, I think Colin's still going to keep getting better. Like you said, he's young. And I think Trey likes playing with him. I think they yep. like playing with each other. I've, I've never heard any kind of animosity since those two have been playing together. Um, I think they complement each other very well. So I think Collins realizes who the star of the team is, who's going to have the ball in his hands. And I think by now he's he's been proven uh, correctly that, that our superstar, that the Atlanta Hawks superstar – if people don't know this by now, he's a better passer than he is shooter. And the fact that you have someone with the ball in his hands that has the ability to pass like Trey Young, if you're open, he's going to find you. And John Collins gets a lot of open three looks, uh, and he gets a lot of lobs from Trey Young. Yeah, John Collins and Trey play well together. That's another just, you know, nice part about keeping him around just because when you have two guys who play that well together, you know, you definitely can't split them up. So love the move by our hometown Hawks, keeping John Collins in town. Um, before we kind of get into some of the other signings, I want to say this. The final guy, big pieces left are Laurie Marketing, Dennis Schroeder, Reggie Jackson, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, not really too many rumors there on where each one of these guys is going to go. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I wouldn't say one of these guys can really shake up the entire league, but these guys definitely can make teams better. Um, there's a certain, there's a city that I'll get into later on this podcast that better get at least one and they probably need at least two of them. Okay. 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 I like that. I like that. Um, anyway, let's get back down to our questions that we have about these teams and free agency. Obviously there's three teams that made massive splashes in NBA free agency. Um, go ahead and kick things off here with the Chicago bulls, Chicago bulls go out, sign Lonzo ball four years, $85 million. They signed Demar Rosen for three years, $85 million. And then they also, uh, wait, who was the other guy they signed? I can't even, I can't think of Caruso. Yeah, that's right. They brought in Alex Caruso to add to bolster, bolster their bench. So, Definitely made some moves here. They're going to have Markany and leaving. They traded Thaddeus Young and Al Farouk Aminu along with first-round picks to San Antonio to get 
um, tomorrow to Rosen in that little sign and trade that both sides worked. Um, ben, what do you think about this move that went down? You know, to be honest with you, I give the I give the Bulls offseason, I give it a B or a B plus. I, I like what they did. Um, you know, when you asked me how good can the Bulls be, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I like the I like the moves the Bulls made. Um, I think you can say they put together a solid young core for their future. I think that starts with Lonzo. I think it's the biggest thing is re-signing Zach Levine to a long-term yeah. extension. Uh, Patrick Williams, who they just drafted out of uh, your Florida State Seminoles last year. Yes, sir. Caruso and v- I don't know how old Vucevic is, but I think he's he's young enough to keep playing with this core for a couple more years. Um, you know, I don't think they're a threat to win the East, but I do think it's a step in the right direction. And something I said with the Hawks last year, and, and I didn't see this coming from the Hawks, but before you're a before you're competing, before you're a great mm-hmm. team, which is running, before you run, you have to learn how to walk, right? You've heard that saying before. The Bulls need to get back to the playoffs. Even if they make the playoffs and lose in the first round, it's good for them because Zach Levine does not have much, much playoff experience. Lonzo Ball doesn't have any playoff experience. You bring it, Patrick Williams doesn't have any. Um, DeRozan has some. Caruso has a championship. Vucevic has some. They have players. They're core. They're good players. They have solid players on this team. I don't think it moves the needle in terms of makes them a threat. I personally mm-hmm. think they're they're good enough to get anywhere between the the five seed at the max and uh, all the way down to the play-in. Um, so I think the Bulls should make the playoffs. I would be pretty surprised if they don't. But here's the other thing. I don't know how much I have faith in their coach. How, how much do you believe in Billy Donovan to lead a, a team now? Uh, he coached a lot of bad Oklahoma City teams. He coached some good ones. He also had Durant, so I don't know how much coaching you have to do. Yeah. They, this team needs to be coached. And if they can have a coach that can push them to the next level, I think they can get to a spot in the playoffs to where people are saying they're a little we're a little early on them. Meaning like just like the Hawks were, maybe just like the Knicks were this past season. The Bulls can get to that point to where they can tip the scale to where people can say, I think I like their future. Right now, I think I like their future. But I got to see how they play together. I like the pieces they brought in. You can't just keep missing the playoffs. Not when you're not when you're in a market like Chicago. There's too much. I know that most of their history is from a guy named mm-hmm. Michael Jordan and, and, uh, and Pippen and the characters that played with him. But they got to get winning basketball back to that city. I think this is a step in the right direction. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, look. I think their ceiling is like the four seed or maybe the three seed in a very banged up. If the Eastern Conference got really injured in the regular season, really banged up. But at the end of the day, I see them more in that in that like five at the at the top to eight range, you know, or maybe even being a play in game and making it that way. I think adding DeRozan's good. DeRozan made a lot of changes to his game in San Antonio, became much better for, at facilitating the ball. The thing is, he's in, he's him and Zach Levine, you know, both kind of hogged the ball. And Lonzo Ball is also a guard. So you're going to have to run three guard sets. Luckily, Billy Donovan is pretty familiar doing that with the way he did it in OKC when he would use Chris Paul, Dort, and um, Schroeder together. You know, it was Chris Paul, SGA, and Schroeder all together. So he definitely knows how to do it. But at the end of the day, I just feel like this Bulls team, you know, they're they just paid all this money to be, you know, satisfied with being in the playoffs, I guess the best way to put it. They're also betting a lot on Patrick Williams, but next season, Zach Levine's gonna be up for a new contract. You're 
you're going to have to extend him, keep him around. I mean, this team's built around Zach Levine in win-now mode, so you don't lose him. Vucevic is a great piece. He's a great player, great passer. I think the Bulls will be a decent team next year. I just don't think they're a real contender. I think they're probably in, like, that third-caliber team in the in the um, Western Conference – or the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's talk about the um, rest of the uh, – moves that happen this offseason up next is the los angeles lakers ben would you say with them making all these offseason moves they are now the title favorites i mean yeah of course right they have lebron anthony davis and russell westbrook i mean they were the title favorites last year i'm pretty sure when they had lebron and ad you add another future hall of famer like westbrook i mean come on yeah i i like all the guys they added uh or at least most of them um you know, they added guys like Dwight Howard, who's been there before, Carmelo Anthony, who shot the ball well uh, these past two seasons for the Blazers, and it's obviously uh, one of LeBron's best friends. Trevor Reza, uh, I don't – going back to L.A., he's a West Coast guy. He played for the Lakers, I'm pretty sure, at one point. That mm-hmm. one I'm not 100%. Like, I, I didn't really know why. I think he's just really old at this point. I didn't see anything from him last season that I was like – uh, you know, but he's a three and D guy. He's a veteran. He knows how to play. He's going to play tough defense. Um, they added Kendrick Nunn, which I'll touch on in a second here. I think that was a great signing. Um, I think that means Schroeder is absolutely done now. Uh, he never should have opened his mouth. And I think now he's going to be looking for a new team. Um, and then they extended uh, Horton Tucker, THT. Uh, yep. That's one of the young, that's one of the young pieces. And I'm, if I'm forgetting a move, then uh, I'll let you remind me, but they added a lot of three and D shooters. They added a lot of veterans. I don't really care about the age of their roster. I really don't. A lot of these guys are going to be playing bench minutes, so they're not playing. What I love the most, and I'll get into this a little bit later as well, uh, when we talk about our favorite signings, was mm-hmm. the fact that they have Russell Westbrook now means it's less pressure on LeBron. LeBron James does not have to play a, a ton of minutes anymore. LeBron can now sit at the end of the first quarter while Russell, Rus- while Russell Westbrook plays the entire first quarter. And yeah. when you give Russ a break at the beginning of the second, you bring LeBron back in. So, and I'm not worried about these three guys, AD, LeBron, Russ playing with each other. They're, they're all very adaptable. I think LeBron will kind of set it straight um, with Russ saying that AD is our primary scorer. That's what it was last year. That's what it's been basically since AD's gotten there. LeBron kind of gives the ball to AD when AD gets going. Mm-hmm. I think Russ has no problem with that. And I think in the fourth quarter, you'll – Russell Westbrook to the Lakers is a tremendous signing for all parties. I, I absolutely think it's I agree. Uh, makes them the favorite. And I think Schroeder, by the way, I think because he opened his mouth and I think the Lakers basically already replaced him, I think he has a chance to get decent money but from a, sh- a trash organization. I think he never should have opened his mouth. No, I agree with you 150% on that one. I could see him maybe playing for the Knicks. But um yeah, you know, I I don't I don't think the Lakers are the title favorites. I still like Brooklyn. I'm not going to go into details though on Brooklyn, but look, this is the way I look at the Lakers. I like Melo. He's old, not a ton of defense. Dwight Howard, solid player in 15 to Dwight 20 was great minutes. for them. Dwight was great for them during the championship run. No, I agree with that. But see, the thing is, you can't play LeBron, AD, Dwight, and Westbrook really all together because then you lack another shooter. So, I mean, 
it's kind of let's put it this way. AD's gonna have to man up and play the five man this year. It's time for him. He's gonna have to have a defensive player of the year type year playing the center. I think he needs to. Ariza, I'm not sure how much is left on those tires. You know, they've kind of been rained to the dirt. Um, Malik Monk, I I love the signing Thank of you. Malik Monk. I love forgot about him. Yeah, I love them bringing in Kendrick Nunn, too. I think both those guys, they're scoring and shooting at a whole new – I mean, Kendrick Nunn literally said bet on yourself, and he took a pay cut to go play for the Lakers. So I think that Kendrick Nunn is going to have a great season in L.A., joining Malik Monk there. I think those two guys are really the big signings. I like bringing back Taylor Horton Tucker. I mean, Wayne Ellington and Bazemore scrubs, in my opinion, but they're just guys going to fill out the roster. I think the Lakers roster is better this year than it was last year. I like the moves they made. I think they could still easily win the Western Conference. You know, I think besides maybe when they play Jokic, it's about the only time they're really going to need Dwight Howard and Marcus Gasol, so it's smart of them to at least have the big men, you know, on the roster. But – I like like I mean I thought all the points you made were great points about Westbrook, so I'm not going to repeat those again. But I think the difference makers here are Nunn and Monk. I think the Lakers and in the Nets are one and two in the league. I just like the Nets more. I'll get into the Nets though a little bit later on when I and talk I, about the best signings. I will say the Lakers almost all of I'm not sure on Trevor Ariza, mm-hmm. but Kent Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, Carmelo, uh, and Malik Monk all shot over forty percent from threes last year. Yeah, which um, is I, huge. I know that, which is huge. I know that Bazemore, you know, I've not mm-hmm. said many compliments about Kate, Kent Bazemore in his career. I will say this. He played a role for the Golden State Warriors very well last year. It's going to be the exact same role, just on a team with LeBron James. That, that's the entire difference. He can make down shots for them. He plays decent defense. Now, I, I wouldn't put him on the, the best player of the other team, but he can guard a secondary player pretty well. Um, I thought he played pretty good defense during the Hawks here, so – um, you, you know, I, you're not wrong about the Nets. I mean, listen, I mentioned Russ, LeBron, and AD. I mean, they have Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. Those all six of those guys are most likely Hall of Fame basketball players. So you can't go wrong. Um, we saw how Brooklyn, we saw how close they were last year. Kevin Durant's big toe on the line. So, yeah, uh, I don't think there's a wrong answer between those two. Yeah, P- Kevin Durant's big toe on the line when he played one on five. So that's how close they were to taking down the NBA champions. We all got to keep that in the backs of our minds still. Um, let's move, though, now to the last team before we get into signings we did not didn't like. That's the Miami Heat. They bring in Kyle Lowry. They bring back Duncan Robinson. They also bring in P.J. Tucker. Um, ben, do you think this Heat team is back in their finals form or they're still missing something? Oh, they also brought in Victor Oladipo as well. I forgot that one. Uh, I mean, it, not not so fast on like the finals talk for the Heat. It's it's really it, the East is absolutely loaded. Um, there's there's a ton of talented teams. There's even super. There's even another. There's even a super team in the East. So, um, I, I think what they did was definitely improve their team. Now, I think their team tough defensive is the first thing I will always say about this Heat team. I think they fit. The, the personnel of the head coach and the, and the culture of an organization, this roster, I think fits it better than anyone else's roster for their own culture, if that makes sense. I think this team fits Miami and fits Spolstra and fits Pat Riley very well. I think they put I think they did a good job constructing this roster. Uh, they have enough scores, you know, all around. They have good depth, great coaching. Mm-hmm. They've, they've really good leaders. You and I talk about this all the time. Jimmy Butler, Kyle, Kyle Lowry, uh, PJ Tucker, two out of those three guys have won an NBA championship. 
Jimmy Butler is was a tremendous leader for the Heat team since he's been there. So I would I would assume he's still their leader and, and going to continue forward. I like that. Mm-hmm. I just think the East is so loaded that I mean the clear cut favorite. If I had to choose one, it's obviously Brooklyn. Um, but there are teams better. Like I'm not ready to say the Heat are better than the Bucks. Um, or the even Bucks the Hawks. Um, I, I mean I think talent wise that they're definitely. I, I think they're better because here's the thing with Oladipo. He's get pro- he's coming off the bench. He's on a minimum contract. That means if you get nothing for him, it's fine. You literally got he, him for got yeah, him well, for free. Yeah, well, Oladipo is all like athleticism and stuff like that in his game. I don't think he has any of that really anymore. Plus, he probably won't be able to play for a good bit of the season. I mean, I'm personally we'll see. I mean, they got him for free essentially. Yeah, on a minimum contract. So. No, I agree with that. I don't know. I, I think the Heat – I mean, the Heat's roster, just off the top of my head, they're top players. Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, um, I guess P.J. Tucker now, and then whenever Oladipo plays. I think you can stack that up against what the Hawks have. I don't know. They don't have – I mean, Trey Young's still the best player on the floor by far in that matchup. And on top of that, I just don't see where the offense really comes from with that – group you know like Duncan Robinson is literally he's a, he's a liability at everything else except for shooting threes but I mean he's probably the best three-point shooter just pure spot-up three-point shooter in the league don't get me wrong Curry. I personally other than Curry yeah well I mean Curry Brit yeah Curry is Curry's the best shooter when it comes to everything I didn't even think about I, that. I think this Miami team what they have is a ton of versatility Jimmy Butler is a guy that that's gonna flirt with a triple double Kyle Lowry is a guy that can score big points and he can rebound. He's a good rebounder for his size. And he plays decent defense. Not afraid to take a charge. Bam Adebayo is the key. He's the guy that's like Mr. Triple-Double for this team. He can do it all for this team. He can defend. He can pass. He can rebound. And he can really score. Um, they have a lot of versatility. I don't think you're going to see a score on this team that is just like, you know, all out scoring a lot more points than everyone else like you'll see with Trey Young. I think they're going to have three guys that are going to average 15 or more. And I think that is great for a team. I think they will be a good all around team. I just don't see the pure superstar that can take them to the next level on their roster. Like I think Butler's good, but he's just not able to take a game over like that. And I mean, he looks like he straight up quit in the playoffs. Lowry, my one problem with Lowry is, I mean, the offense is good, but the same thing. Like, he's just not on that elite offensive level. Plus, I started to call into question if Kyle Lowry is taking a few too many chargers and, like, if all that wear and tear that he's taking on his body is really going to start to kick in. I don't know if it will as much this first year, but I think it will soon. I think he, let's put it this way, I don't think he's going to age well. I like Bam Adebayo. I think he's good at everything, but I don't think he's extremely great at one particular thing. And I think when you come down, when you're depending on him to be a shot maker for your team, that's when your offense really starts to fall apart. I think the Heat are a little bit better than the Heat team they were last year. I mean, they're obviously a better team, but I still just don't think they can really get over the hump with with this roster that they have. Like, I still like Philly more. I still like Brooklyn more. I still like Atlanta more. I still like the Bucks more. I have them as the fifth best team in the Eastern Conference right now with making all these moves. I think they were the sixth seed last year. But, I mean, I, I like – We haven't even mentioned Tyler Hero, who obviously had a more of a down year. But if he bounces back – I mean, listen. His hard for him to have a worse player. year than he did last year. And his role as a playmaker mm-hmm. is significantly lower. Like, honestly, Tyler Hero should take less than 20 dribbles in every single NBA game this season. I agree. They have enough ball handlers. 
he can spot up and shoot it just like Duncan Robinson. Not not the level that Duncan mm-hmm. shoots it at, but he's the type of guy that you could bring off screens and shoot threes. He's very capable of that. I I I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how this kind of goes along throughout throughout the season because you know as of now, I think you and I disagree just a little bit. I think you having them fifth is is fine. I think this Heat team can be really good. I really do. I think they're going to defend better than a lot of teams mm-hmm. in the NBA. And that's what Spolstra loves. Yeah, I think the defense will be there for sure. It's offensive league, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, trust me, they could be a great regular season team. I just think in the playoffs that things will catch up to them a little bit, kind of like it did this last season. Um, de- I, de- I definitely think, though, they will be better than they were last year, so that's for sure. But, yeah, that's hey, always a good thing, though, when we got some disagreement going on. Let's get down to our best and worst signings of the NBA postseason. We'll start off with best. We picked Me and Ben picked four each. Um, I'll start out with my first one. And honestly, look, I know I made fun of it on Twitter. It's just because that I feel like the bulls are just wasting money, but I still think the signing Lonzo ball is a good contract at the end of the day. He's barely over $20 million a year. He's a great defensive player. He's gotten better at shooting threes, shot eight threes last year. I still think there's a little bit of potential left to be tapped with Lonzo Ball. I don't think he's ever going to be an all-star level player, but I think it's solid money for a solid rotation guy. He's going to bring a lot of defense and versatility to your offense. So I got Lonzo Ball as one of my best contracts of free agency. I think the Lonzo signing also depends on if they re-sign Zach Levine. I agree. Um, uh, which I think is, I think that's pretty obvious for most people, but I mm-hmm. did just want to say that. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time with my number one. My number one is the Lakers getting Russell Westbrook. I mean, how could that not be my number one? It's It was the biggest, biggest signing, biggest trade there was. So yeah. um, the Lakers, but I, I'm going to touch on the other side of this here in a second. Yeah, no, I, lo- I like that one too. I didn't include that one on my list, but that definitely would have made it. Also too, the Wizards in some absurd sign-in trade that I can't even follow all the – it's literally between the Nets, Wizards, Spurs, Lakers, and Pacers, but basically Spencer Dinwiddie ends up in in uh, Washington. So we can now take him off the board and of our best players avail- available. But um, anyway, uh, my next one up here, I'm going to go with the team you just brought up, the Los Angeles Lakers, and I'm going to go with Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn. I think it adds a lot of shooting and playmaking from the guard position. A lot of guys you can create their own shots. I think these guys add a whole other dynamic to the Lakers roster that was really just Dennis Schroeder, and these guys are way better three-point shooters than Schroeder was. So I like this. I like those signings. I'm going to go with the depth that the Brooklyn Nets brought back. I think Bruce Brown was a tremendous bench oh, yeah. player for them. I love let me let me emphasize that. I love that they got Patty Mills. Same, he is a, same. He is a veteran that can absolutely score on his own, shoot the ball. And you know what? An underrated signing, just because I don't know how much he's going to play. I think Javon Carter is also a decent signing for them. He's a terrific defender. For the mm-hmm. people that may not recognize that name in the NBA, he was the starting point guard, bald guy that played at West Virginia. Yep. Best defender in college basketball in his time there. He's a steel machine, puts a lot of pressure on you. You can plug and play him in a lot of different lineups. And here's another reason why I like Patty Mills signing and Javon Carter, because it's two guards that play the same position. You don't know how many games Kyrie Irving is going to play. Yep. They now have depth at the point guard that I'm confident in. I think Patty Mills can lead an offense, especially if Durant's on the floor. Durant gets a double team. You kick it out to Patty Mills. He's going to make a majority of his threes. They brought back Blake Griffin as well. I think Brooklyn's had a pretty strong offseason. Well, Ben, 
I literally like a little Ben and I didn't discuss any of these before the podcast, so we didn't know who's do what. You literally not only did you take my my net signings, but you literally made all the exact points I wanted to so perfectly. I'm not even gonna say anything about it and go ahead and give him that one. Um, last one I got here is Otto Porter Jr. going to the Wizards on a veterans minimum. I think that's a really solid pickup, honestly. I mean, he was just stuck in back to the Wizards, right? Or sorry, to the Warriors, to the Warriors, not Warriors, back to the Wizards. You. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Um, both W teams are with on my mind, but uh, yeah, you know, I feel like that he, you know, in the Wizards wasn't put in the best situation possible, and he was just on a massive deal. Same thing when he was on the Bulls, I and he couldn't really stay healthy either. I mean, he's a good playmaker. He's a great shooter, decent defender. He's versatile. I mean, y'all forget, this is a guy who at one point in time when he was healthy playing with a healthy John Wall and Bradley Beal when this team actually, you know, looked like they had a future, got a $25 million contract. So I think this is a great signing by the Warriors. He's just kind of been, you know, falling under the bus. And I mean, this Chicago thing really didn't work out. They didn't have any kind of playmaker up there whatsoever. So my question is, what's the situation with Wiggins? Is he still on the Warriors? Yeah, he's still on the Warriors, but you know, Porter okay. Jr. is a great guy to have off the bench. Okay, I'm I'm fine with that. Um, so for my fourth one, I, you know what, I kind of had three teams. I mm-hmm. I, I'm, I I want to touch on all three just because I want to hear what you say. This is my lowest of the low of the ones I liked. I liked what the Spurs did. I mean, listen, I think Zach Collins he has never stayed healthy, but in his rookie season when he was healthy, he played pretty well. He, I think he – when LaMarcus Aldridge left, they really didn't have many big men to kind of lean on. I'm interested to see what San Antonio can get out of Zach Collins, but the one I like the best is bringing in Doug McDermott. I think okay. that's a player that a team like the Lakers, who wanted shooting, should have gotten grabbed. I think he went to a team where he may not be the biggest impact, but he's a great shooter, cuts off the ball well, Um I think he was. I think he's a. I think he's a signing. And if the Spurs aren't good, that's a player that I'm expecting someone to grab at the trade deadline because of his shooting ability. Um, so that's a really low one that I just kind of wanted to mention real quick. For my fourth one, I had a tie between the Suns and the Wizards. I'll touch on the the Suns real quick. They re-signed Chris Paul and they re-signed Campaign. That's insanely important. The second one is just as important as re-signing Chris Paul campaign was terrific for them he really mm-hmm. grew up in front of our eyes in front of the phoenix crowd seems like he fits and it seems like he's found a home monty williams clearly loves him played him in a lot of big minutes when chris paul was not 100 percent. that's big what did they trade for landry shamit or do i have that wrong yes they did trade for landry shamit another good signing i liked it when the clippers got him didn't work out as great as i thought i think it's a good signing because it adds another wing player that they can use, and they have six. Uh, they've had success with their young wing players right now. I want to talk about the Wizards. That that's the one I like the most, um, and, and I think that might sound weird to some people, just because obviously they gave up Westbrook. The Wizards, they get players who are young and they're hungry to prove themselves. And you know, I was, I've been tough. You've been tough. Everyone in the NBA basketball media has been very, very critical and very tough on Kyle Kuzma. I think it's safe to say he stinks as of now. I've made fun of him. You've made fun of him. Everyone has. Here's the thing with Kyle Kuzma. Here's the other side of it and the positive side of it. Mm -hmm. He gets to go play for a team with a lot less pressure, and the uniform does not say Lakers in front of it. He gets out of the L.A. spotlight. There's so much less pressure on you. 
when you play away from a team, a city and a team like the Lakers in Los Angeles. There's a lot of demanding of you. And, and you know, right now, uh, the Lakers demand titles. You're not winning. You're not playing well for them. They hate you. Kuzma got a bad rap there. We've seen this before. Lonzo Ball was getting booed there after his rookie season. Lonzo Ball had – he was climbing, slowly climbing. He just had a career year offensively last year in New Orleans. Let's see what he yeah. can do in Chicago. We saw Brandon Ingram play pretty well in, in Los Angeles, but not really get anywhere. We saw him thrive as soon as he left L.A. All-star year. We, exactly. We've seen this. Julius Randle, another mm-hmm. example. Um, who won Who won most improved player last year? It was another former Laker guy. Was it last year? Um, I thought the, it was Julius uh, Randle who got most the year before. Sorry, the year before Randle. It may, it may have been Brandon Ingram. It may have been Brandon Yeah, it Ingram. was Brandon Ingram. You're right. We've seen players leave L.A. Mm-hmm. who were getting heavily criticized, and we've seen them flourish or get better everywhere else. Let's see if Kyle Kuzma can do that. I don't see why he can't. He's not a bad player. Skill-wise, I he's agree. not bad. He, he was better offense. before they had LeBron, honestly. Exactly. So I think Washington, even though their star player is Bradley Beal, they get guys who are hungry. Montrezl like Harrell went from being Hachimura. They already had him, but yeah, Montrezl Harrell was great on the Clippers. Six man of the year goes to the Lakers. His role, his minutes are decreased, and you see his production go way down. Yeah. Well, now his minutes are going to go back up. He's going to play. He plays hard. I think this Wizards team has a lot of fight in them. I don't know how good they're going to be. The East is really, really talented. But this Wizards team, they're going to play with a lot more effort than they have in past years. And they played with a lot last year because of Russell Westbrook. He gets everyone to play hard. But years before Westbrook, they didn't play that hard. I don't think John Wall was a terrific leader, to be honest with you. I don't think John Wall and Bradley Beal and everyone meshed. Mm -hmm. It just didn't. It didn't work out. They have some players who are hungry now. They have an identified leader in Bradley Beal. I think they had a solid offseason. I mean, what do you think? I think the Wizards had an underrated, solid offseason. I agree with you, man. I like how they kind of, you know, flipped the – I mean, Beal, as long as Beal wants to stick around, which he said, and the fact they even added Spencer Dinwiddie now, I think they did a good job of getting guys in and out of there. Because, you know, Westbrook, they really weren't going anywhere. They weren't going to be better than, like, the eight seed in the East. And, I mean, I think – I agree with you, man. I think they added some valuable pieces in there. So, I like the direction. I always say this. I said it earlier on this podcast. It's big that they made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Roy Atchamura, all these young guys got experience at that level. Now Bradley Beal can demand a little bit more of them. So guys, we we got a little taste of what we wanted. Let's go get a bigger chunk of it. If yep. they can keep chipping away, if they can make the playoffs for a, you know consecutive years, maybe miss one, get back. Their future is going to look start to look brighter and brighter. I really believe that. Yeah, I'm agree with you on all those things, Ben. Um, ben also perfectly segue to our worst contracts. I'm not going to lie, Ben, I'm going to have to disagree with you on one of them. I got in works contracts. I think the Chris Paul signing was not a good signing, personally. I just feel like you're paying way too much money to a guy who's been injury-prone, was healthy the last two years. I mean, don't get me wrong. Chris Paul took the Suns to new heights. He was good for the fan base and everything. I mean, I could you can argue it's a good signing. I personally just lean a little bit on the bad side. I think Chris Paul in his last two years or so is going to be worthless. So I don't know how many of those four years he's actually going to be that valuable. I just feel like he's going to fall apart eventually. The problem I think with that is like, I mean, what we 
he was getting no less than if you wanted him to stay, it was have mm-hmm. to be over a hundred million. Yeah. So I don't think they had much of a choice. I don't disagree, uh, especially if they don't win at all with him. Then yeah, it looks bad. Um, and, and that actually segues perfectly into my number one. I think you're going to touch on this as well, but um, the Jazz and Mike Conley Jr. Um, I have that one too. I know why they did it. It makes sense why they did it. But if they don't win with this core, then they're also going to lose Donovan Mitchell at some point. Um, it's obvious to me, I think it's extremely obvious to me, that this kid wants to win. Mm-hmm. I think if he realizes that they can be the one seed and not make it past the second round of the playoffs in one year, I think if you go a couple more years with the same core, core meaning Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, you know, these guys, then he's going to realize, well, what, who am I bringing into Utah that's going to help me win? I think he's going to realize quick that uh, I can't win here, and I think he wants to win. So that's something on the future table if the Conley – deal and if they don't win at all that's what i'm looking for i'll let you touch on it as well since i know you want to talk about this yeah i don't just don't like paying mike conley that much money he's another guy who's banged up a lot i mean i think mike conley's an average point guard to be honest with you i would have let mike conley walk and i would have thrown 20 million dollars a year at reggie jackson or 25 million dollars a year at him i feel like there's better options out there available even spencer dinwiddie i think is a better option than mike conley is especially for the money conley gets i agree with you though ben you got to make donovan mitchell happier and do something utah just keeps running it back it feels like every single year with the same crew expecting different results and they're not getting them at all so i mean i feel like they're beating a dead well, I will say, I will say this they did get different results in terms of the regular season I don't know how much that means yeah but they did win the they did become first place in the west I yeah. think that is something to hold your head high about I think that is an accomplishment um, now obviously the Lakers had injury problems and 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 the Clippers had injury problems and, and and you know this and that but we'll see we'll see what they can take it now like if they finish like you know fifth in the west now then then what are we doing here? I mean, <laughs> no, <clears throat> I agree with you on that one completely, Ben. Um, my next worst signing is, you know, I had Duncan Robinson on here. Obviously, I touched on that one earlier, so I'm going to go with all three of the Knicks signings. Uh, first off, why the hell are you paying that much money to Nerlens Noel? That signing to me is just I'm just mind bottles me. I mean, probably could have got Andre wasn't Drummond like, for cheap. Wasn't it only like three years, thirty two million? I don't think it was that much. No, Nerlens Noel's contract is yeah, it's three years, thirty two million. But still, I don't want to pay him over ten million dollars a year. I I would rather pay him like six or seven. I don't think he's worth that much in my opinion. That's overpaying. But I think the Evan Fournier twenty mil a year for him is way, way, way too much. And then honestly, Derrick Rose. I feel like you could have got him cheaper too. We saw in the playoffs, Derrick Rose when he plays more than that twenty-two to twenty-five minutes that. His knees and stuff just can't hold up. That's what he can go for is about those 22 to 25 minutes spurts in his best. I just feel like you're paying too much money for somebody who can only give you that. I did think the Kimball Walker pickups good. I just, I think it makes the team better, but only marginally better. Like, I don't think that it makes the Knicks, you know, puts them into that tier. Like we were talking about earlier, puts them in that top five. No, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're, they're top four. Um, in the East, I don't know if they're top five. I think they're more – I think they're in the same range as the Bulls. You know, five mm-hmm. to the playing round kind of range. I don't I don't fully disagree, but I I think New Orleans – I'm fine with the New Orleans deal, um, especially if they're still looking to trade Mitchell Robinson. New Orleans could slide into the 
starting center role. And I think if you're paying a starting center $10 million, I think it's fine. Um, with Kemba, I mean, they needed a point guard. Um, Derek Rose is not a starter. Or at least he could start, but he can't play starter minutes Yeah. Um, as much anymore, like you just said. So I think Kemba was a necessary signing. In terms of Fournier, this team needs shooting. They, they need it so badly. Um, and this isn't the Knicks where you can just wait for a big free agent to come sign with you. They have to go get guys. So I, I don't hate it. I mean, I don't love maybe the money part. I think you probably could have gotten someone like him for cheaper. But the Knicks need shooting. And if, if this was the guy that they feel like was on the top of their board, then you know I'm not going to disagree with them. The Knicks management that they've had in, in the last two, maybe three years, is definitely on the right path compared to what they were in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I think the Knicks, they have a great coach for their roster. I think it fits. It clearly fit last year. They made the playoffs. Uh, obviously, the loss in the first round. But we'll see with bringing in some new guys helps. Um, I, I'm going to absolutely blow this team up. What the hell are the Boston Celtics doing? What the hell? are the, Who are they waiting on? Who, who knows? What free agent are they waiting on to go grab? Or is Brad Stevens, who is now the general manager, are they just like, what are they doing? I, I don't understand. I just don't understand. They are in danger of falling very, very far on my Eastern Conference prediction list, which we'll get into before the season starts. I don't understand this at all, what they have done. I mean, I, they brought in Horford. Who's so old at this point? He's not bringing much to the table. They brought in Josh Richardson, who was a dud in Dallas. What's he going to do in a bigger market that demands more of you? I just don't understand. They brought back Cantor, who you and I both like Cantor on half of the game. Strong offensive rebounder, yep. strong defensive rebounder, pretty good score. He plays no defense at all. The Celtics do not have any big men. Bringing Cantor back doesn't help you. I don't understand this. I don't understand what the Celtics are doing. If they prove me wrong, if they end up being good, I will be the first one on this podcast to apologize. You Boston fans have my promise on that. What the hell is Brad Stevens doing? Yeah, I agree with you on that one completely, Ben. Look, this is the way I look at it. I think he's saying there's not anybody out there that's going to make us that much better. I'd rather keep my cap space and wait till next offseason. Understand that a little bit. But, yeah, you know, outside of Tatum, Brown – I mean, I th- I like the Time Lord somewhat, but the rest of this team, he's Marcus Smart. I feel like Marcus Smart's too old and needs to be traded at this point. I feel like they're just kind of waiting to try to make plays on the right players. I feel like they just there just wasn't anybody they wanted out there, which I can't blame them. This was a pretty weak free agent class and whatnot. But yeah, you know, at this point, I, I think they're about the seven or eight seed again in the playoffs. Uh, remember when I was talking about the the city that could use those two guys? Well, obviously, Dan Woody was one of them, but I was talking about Boston. Mm-hmm. How could Spencer Dinwiddie or Dennis Schroeder not help this Boston team? I mean, makes are, no are, sense to me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is Peyton Pritchard about to be the starting point guard? As of right now, I believe that's correct. So they have, I mean, off the top of my head, Peyton Pritchard, Carson Edwards. Um, I mean, did uh, maybe I'm forgetting people? I mean, this is Boston. This is one of the NBA's most historic franchises. You don't have tanking seasons. You don't do this. Yeah, they haven't tanked in a long time. Yeah, their roster right now, their starting point guard would be Peyton Pritchard. So Read, read out their starting five, if you don't mind, if you have it. 
Yeah, so their starting five tentatively would be Jason Tatum, Peyton Pritchard, Marcus Smart, um, Al Horford, and Jalen Brown. Team's not getting you very far, just being honest with you. Not at all. I think they will end up signing one of these guys, though. Maybe, the, who knows, they might give Schroeder one year 20 mil. I wouldn't hate that at all if I was them. Um, at this point, they need somebody. Last last contract, Ben, that I have on my list is one that I know you hated too. Ben texted me and said, what the hell are they doing? That is the Jared Allen contract by the Cavs. Look, Jared Allen's a good player and all. Brooklyn basically said we don't want him. The Rockets said we don't want him. They shipped him to, to Cleveland. And the Cavs turn around and give him $20 million a year for the next five years. $20 million. I mean, we've all he's seen the start. Fifth, starting, he's the fifth highest paid center in basketball. Yeah, Jared Allen should never be getting that kind of money. I mean, he's a good center, but he is not worthy of being the fifth highest paid center in basketball. There's a reason why the Cavs already always suck, and this is one of them right here. Yeah, I'm not going to add too much more um, to that because I'm just so fed up with it. Uh, I'm fed up because my boy Colin Sexton is there. I don't think he's getting the respect he's deserved. There's rumors that players in the locker room don't like him very much. Okay, is there anyone else on the team that's averaging 20-plus points? I mean, I don't think so. So everyone else could shut up. Because Sexton is by far their best player. They've held on to guys, and no offense to these guys, They've held on to guys who are not very productive for way too long. Larry Nance Jr. does not need to be there. Uh, Dennis Garland has one more season to prove to me that he's worth anything because I haven't been too impressed with him so far. Now, he got better last year with Sexton. Let's see if they can keep it going. They just – I don't understand what Cleveland's doing. That's all I'm going to say about it. Have fun with this Jared Allen contract because you have him for five more years. There's not another team in the NBA that will trade for Jared Allen during this contract. Yeah, no other team in the NBA is going to trade for that contract. No way that happens. Good luck with that one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to. Um, do I have two more or one more? I think you have one more left. Okay, so I'm gonna touch on one briefly, and then okay. I'm gonna go to the main one that you're absolutely going to agree with. Actually, I'm gonna touch on two briefly. I'll be real quick. I'm I'm not shocked. I'm not. I wasn't. I I didn't think they were going to do much. I'm a little disappointed in two teams. I'm a little disappointed that the Pistons didn't bring any talent to surround Cade with. Um, I think Kelly Olenek, I mean, I'm not a big fan of him. I think the contract he's on is fine, but they had two rookies who were on the all-rookie team these past couple years, so they do have something to build around. I just thought maybe they could bring in one guy like a DeRozan, just like a veteran to just lead this team. I don't know. The other team was the Hornets. I love the Hornets' young core. Absolutely love it. I love that they brought back uh, uh, Devontae Graham. Um, I think LaMelo's a star in the making. I love Bridges. I love – who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Who's the other wing on the the Hornets? Um, James Booknight. Well, they got him. So, I – I think their young core is good. I thought maybe they could have used a better upgrade at the big man position. I just hope Michael Jordan can figure out how to win with this young core because I think they're really talented. But they're still a couple years away. But LaMelo, LaMelo is, makes everyone better. The team that I want to harp on the most, I know you hate them. Or I know you like the team. I know you hate their moves. I, w- I want your opinion. The Mavs. The, the Mavericks, once again, did not bring much talent in for Luka Doncic. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like that they brought back Tim Hardaway Jr. He's a great shooter in this league. 
Uh, another guy that shot over well over 40%. Jason Richardson sucked for them. They got rid of him. That's great. But I don't know if adding Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown make up for any of that. I agree. I, I, I think they're essentially the exact same team as last year. They're, they're going to make the playoffs because Luka can lead any team to the playoffs. I just don't think they have any success in the playoffs. And I think it's another year that people can look at Luka and say he's done everything that he could possibly do. And his team just isn't winning like he that the kid wants to win. Um, I, I was very disappointed in uh, in the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I was very disappointed in the Dallas Mavericks too. I wanted to see them put something around Luca as well. So I 100% agree with you. I thought you made all good points once again on that one, Ben. Um, is there anything else you think we need to hit on before we get up out of here? Somebody explain to me what the Celtics, Mavericks, uh, and Cavaliers are thinking because I just don't understand it. That's all I got. Yeah, that's all Actually, I got. One is... more thing. One more thing. We didn't talk about baseball, but I'm going to mention it real quick. Mm-hmm. How about those Bravos? One and a half out uh, from the from the. Or I'm sorry, two and a half games out from the struggling Mets. The Phillies are in second, or one and a half game out. Uh, Jacob Degrom, there is no sight on him to return as of now. Lindor is supposed to come back early August, I believe, but obliques, as Braves fans know, are very, very tricky. Yep. The Mets are struggling right now. They did not add pitching at the deadline. The Braves are in good position, and they're playing well right now, and their schedule is light right now. Please take advantage of this. Yep. I agree with Ben 100% on this one. Love watching this Braves team. Love watching Jorge Soler hit tanks. But anyway, guys, we appreciate everyone tuning in soon. Once again, we got tons of stuff coming y'all's way for football. Um, hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. We'll talk to y'all, y'all again soon.